0: This podcast was brought to you in partnership with Liz Earle-Beauty Co. Anna Hart is a Belfast-born author and multimedia journalist who regularly reports for The Daily Telegraph, Stylist, Condé Nast Traveller and more. Her weekly column on navigating modern life and conscious travel, Slow Motion, appears in The Daily Telegraph every Saturday and is a must-read. Hey Anna, welcome to the show!
1: Hi Hannah. thank you so much for getting me on.
0: It's a pleasure. I've been following you so much on social media and you actually bring a lot of joy to my life when I see your posts.
1: I'm, I'm so pleased. I mean, I always worry a little bit. It's a, a bit of a, a tough balance when you, um, you know, I'm trying, I guess I do see it as my job to introduce people to lovely ideas that might change their lives, um, whether that is cold water swimming or whether it's a, an amazing therapist or some sort of like way of healing or or it could be a music festival or just a crazy restaurant where you eat in the dark and um, so I do feel like it's my job to seek out these things and introduce people to it um, but then I also really worry that I come across as like this massive smug show off on social media.
0: <laughs> I think we've had quite a few years of social media now and I think that's that kind of fear or thought that it's like all self-promotion is probably just gone now. It's just become like a thing that people do. I've even found myself as like a very old geriatric millennial slash (laughs) or probably a gen Xer that it's okay to take a selfie every now and again.
1: you know I I think you're right I think we probably need to stop beating ourselves up for this but it's it's always nice to me when I hear that someone actually enjoys my social media and finds it uplifting rather than uh thinking that I'm a a a massive show off.
0: No not at all I remember following you I guess maybe it was over a year and a half ago now and you were embarking on a sort of slow travel journey across America and then you had to sort of suddenly (laughs) come back uh how was that?
1: Yes uh so um last February, I thought I had my 2020 all sewn up. I thought I was knew, exact, knew exactly what I was doing. Um, I had the, the Telegraph, the Daily Telegraph newspaper had asked me to become festivals correspondent. Um, but I felt pretty strongly that I wanted to do this in a more sustainable way. So I needed to cover 12 different music festivals around the world. But I worked out a way that I could do that having just, having only taking five flights. And that did involve traveling across America by train, alone with my backpack, over the course of a few months, um, reporting on South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, um, Palm Springs Modernism Week, new orleans jazz fest and continuing on through boston and to new york uh, so that is what i was setting off doing on in february last year with my fancy new job title of international festivals correspondent wow um, <laughs> oh my god yeah, i got that job title a few weeks before the covid crisis really kicked in um one by one those festivals cancelled i'm trapped, stopped running um and i had to get myself back to my little adopted hometown of margate um for the first lockdown at the end of March so yes the the year I thought I was gonna have and the year I did have was very very different um but I'm really happy I, I can say that I actually I wouldn't change a thing that's good that's good to hear so what have you been up to lately so being forced to actually just stay put in one place um was definitely like a, a big challenge. Um, happily, I do. I'm, I'm from Belfast originally, and t- to me, the the south coast of, of of England is basically Ibiza. It is so warm compared to the Irish seas. Um, I, I can't believe that I have a, a beach at the foot of my road that I can actually swim in, and I I swim throughout winter as well. So I felt very very grateful to have Margate um as my lockdown lifestyle. And so I did. I I, I ran on the beach. I swam. And I really began to pay attention to the um to the nature that we had on on our doorstep you know even if that was just a bush full of birds um or seagulls attacking a bin or actually a corner of the park that i hadn't really explored before but actually had had ancient redwoods um and it was really nice to actually have my parameters very much constricted you know brought in to a really narrow little little turf really narrow little playground But realized that actually my my joy wasn't really that diminished. I was still capable of extracting an awful lot of joy and pleasure and excitement from from a slightly more confined space.
0: I love that you called it your playground. What a nice way to put it.
1: I think you'd you either call it a playground or else you'd call it your like prison recreation
0: No, I actually really love that. I'm going to quote you on that. That's brilliant. So do you think sort of like the wild swimming slash sea swimming and the kind of beach walks and the amazing sunsets that you share has been a bit of your therapy in the last sort of
1: 18 months then? Absolutely. And I, you know, I just marveled that the sky and the sunset was, was different every evening. I mean, I was in the same place. I'd been in the same place I'd, and I've been living in Margate for five years, but I would normally, I would normally have been traveling around six months out of, out of that time. i I was definitely trying to do it in a much more sustainable way. Um, but I was still away an awful lot. And so just being, seeing the same views, but actually realizing they were different, you know, the, mm. the sea is different every time you get in, um, you know, sometimes it's windy and wild, sometimes it's moody, sometimes it's friendly sometimes, you know, yeah, it's, it's got, it's got its own character as just the sky. Um, so I definitely feel like, like being in Margate kept, kept me sane for sure. Um, yeah and and I was also lucky that I've got a great community of friends all close by so we were able to see each other on the the beach and beach walks so even though I live on my own I I never felt particularly isolated last year.
0: So did you sort of bring all your friends to Margate or were all your friends there because I love Margate personally and uh, I could spend so much time there and like back in the day a lot of my friends were like, yeah, we're going to move to Margate in like 10 years. and That hasn't happened because everyone's been stuck in London. But um, what happened? Did you bring everyone or was everyone there already?
1: Um, I had a few friends. I was probably relatively early coming five years ago. Um, I had a few friends and, and actually I'd love to say it was a, you know, I'm a travel writer and I carefully researched all the best places that I could mm. have lived, and triangulated and looked at <laughs> hide tables and found a place with a microclimate um but actually I had a really nasty breakup and I oh ran, no. away from, ran away from from my partner about five years ago and and joined a bunch of friends that were all gathering for the weekend in Whitstable I, I basically just texted them and I was like I've broken up I've broken up with uh, with my ex can I just come and join you I just need some girls um and after a lovely weekend in Whitstable uh, my friend Gemma texted me and she said, I'm just down the road in Margate, you know, you should, you should come and hang out here. Um, so again, I just had this little small rack- rucksack, but I showed up in Margate and ended up, she got me into the sea and I ended up sitting, um, being her flatmate for a few weeks and then renting my own place. And the more I just, I thought I was just, would just be there while I kind of healed and worked stuff out. Um mm. I'm, you know, healing and working stuff out takes a long time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Trust me.
0: I've been, yeah, I think fun. I've been doing it for like maybe 20, 25
1: <laughs> years. Yeah, um, so Margaret's been a really, really great adopted hometown. Um, I, I would normally, you know, I don't even know what the word normal means anymore, but um, before the pandemic, I would normally be in London a couple of times a week to do an interview or cover some events. Um, and it's, it was easy to get into London and I still love the city. Um, but I did, did have 10 years living in London when I felt like I, I lived and breathed the city and the city was my every day. And then beauty and nature was was a rare treat. Um, and now I've sort of flipped that, and now I am on the beach by 7:30 a.m. every day. And so wow. the natural world and beauty and a beach lifestyle is my everyday life. And then going to the city is is kind of the the, the, the treat.
0: That sounds really good. And uh, just being able to to kind of get up in the morning and go for a stroll. And I'm guessing it's still like super quiet around then, so you get. A lot of that kind of time to yourself. It sounds like it's been quite different from your previous years. You've gone from like the city life to the kind of blue space, the sea, mm-hmm. the kind of being able to breathe fresh air and things like that. It sounds amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's well, I do try and make people jealous. That's sort of my job: make people jealous, yeah. make people do cool <laughs> things that might, might might help them.
0: <laughs> it sounds great. So as we as we emerge from the pandemic. I was really keen to ask you what you think the the future of slow travel is because I know you're like in this world, you're writing about it in your column weekly. like do you think it's going to change as we sort of start to be able to travel a little bit further afield again?
1: Um, I hope so. I mean I am I'm a real optimist about what this about what what we can learn from the pandemic. i I regularly have debates about with friends who are just, other friends are like, nope, everything will go exactly back to how things were. But I don't know if things can um last year when I was going to be traveling across America by Amtrak covering music festivals which now sounds hilarious um I was going to be writing a column called slow motion for the Daily Telegraph about slow travel across America um when I did fly back last March and we entered lockdown I ended up spending a few weeks wondering what on earth I did you know what the point of me was you know my job title had basically vanished you know you know what to do with myself And then I re-pitched to the Telegraph and said, we can keep, we can call it slow motion and it could be much more about slow, sustainable, mindful travel, starting out really with how to navigate lockdown life and and make the most of of what you've got on your doorstep. Um, It happens the idea of achievable adventure, you know, accessible adventure, just ways of sweetening are actually quite, quite limited everyday freedoms. Um, And I'm so proud of that body of work. You know, every week I've been able to kind of chronicle the realities of of lockdown life and and the pandemic from the point of view of a a, a wannabe traveler, you know, a wannabe adventurer. Um, And I've had such great feedback from people saying they find it really inspiring and uplifting. So that's that's meant a lot to me. Um, But yet it does also mean I've had a year to really explore what what sort of travel we want to bring back. Um, And to me, I definitely think we will go, we'll travel less often, but we will probably go places for longer which in my mind is a massive way to get an upgrade. You you go deeper into a destination if you spend more time there. Um, Also, this last year has been an enormous experiment in remote working. So Mm. that kind of opens up the idea that you could base yourself something somewhere for a few weeks and and do a bit of work, but also do a bit of holidaying and just get a change of scene, which I really enjoy as well. I I love actually feeling like I've, you know, I'm living somewhere rather than I'm visiting. Um, I also think, you know, the, a lot of air routes um won't be around anymore um you know there will definitely see a real um a real reduction in in air routes which whilst that will be really sad and and, and rough on the travel industry probably needed to happen um, so i think we'll possibly embrace rail travel a bit more um ecological ways of, of, of traveling by roads um ferries are probably coming back in a big way mm-hmm. um, and also there's a sort of self-sufficiency as well i'm seeing a lot of people that are really interested in in bike packing around the uk or yeah. uh, you know um stand up paddleboard packing and and kayak packing and that really excites me the idea that we're sort of returning a little bit to to the sort of travel that we had before package tourism really took off in the 1970s
0: yeah, that's really interesting. I I read about uh, this startup in Europe, the Midnight Trains, and I did think of you actually. Um, they're looking to kind of reintroduce basically sleeper trains like across the UK where you don't have to share with other people. It's a bit like a kind of mid-range hotel experience. But I really love the sound of that, like that I was always feeling really troubled about air travel at the moment, because I try my best to live as sustainably as possible, but I just couldn't kind of get around, like, wanting, sometimes just wanting to go to Sweden and see my friends that I haven't seen for ages, because they, they left after Brexit. But the thought of being able to, like, jump on the train from London, get to Copenhagen, and then drive over to see them, I, th-
1: I find that, like, really hopeful, yeah, exactly. So I do think there's a great opportunity here for, you know, travel industry innovators like that to say, you know what? we do have more time and and we have a greater awareness of actually um you know the impact of our travels and so let's just take our time um and and do it more sustainably and also make everything an experience you know that getting a night train i mean that sleepers are so exciting you never grow out of a sleeper train you're like in a bed on a train that is exciting so <laughs> that just sounds wonderful and i I would certainly pay a little bit more um, to travel like that um, in a more sustainable and more exciting way. And accept that maybe it's just a few trips a year that, that I really think about, like to see family mm-hmm. or something I, I desperately want to do, something I think will really improve me as a person. So I think we'll be entering a much more mindful um, era of travel, um, at least that, I hope so, but I am, I am one of life's great optimists.
2: It's Shane here with another walk tip for you. This time around, I'm recommending a series of walks. It's the Royal Parks Collection. Um, These walks were created for the Royal Parks Mission Invertebrate Project, which is dedicated to preserving and enhancing biodiversity across the parks. It's a series of walks, the More Than Bugs Trails. Each one will help you to discover some of the park's smallest inhabitants, the invertebrates. If you're on the hunt for something to do with the family over the summer holidays, these six walks could be perfect for you. And they're easy to find, just open up the app in London and check out the Royal Parks collection. As many of you know, Gojauntly is a free app, but there is a great way to support our small team by upgrading to a premium subscription, and it costs less than the price of coffee per month. With Premium Subscription, you get access to over 140 of our expertly curated walking routes and cool city tours, and you can download all walks for use offline, which saves your mobile data. It also helps us to stay free for everyone and supports us in getting the community more active and enjoying the great outdoors. It's only $1.99 per month or $19.99 per year, and you can preview some of the incredible routes that are part of the Premium Subscription by looking at the Premium Collection in-app. So why not support our team and upgrade now?
0: Yeah, we need that right now, though. So that's good. Keep that optimism. Up. <laughs> I also love the idea of the remote working thing. I could, it's been I haven't been able to do that because um, I've got a young one at school. But when um, everything shut down and schools were closed, we did take him uh, when we were allowed to travel again. We did take him on a sort of a week away Uh, just before the school holidays and it was so nice and even just to be able to do a little bit of work a lot of walking and just hanging out in in nature it was um really rewarding and I hope that we can do that this summer as well and it also made me think whether we'll adopt that sort of kind of Mediterranean or European approach of basically taking the August off and no one really being around and just being able to do that go longer um, concept that you mentioned before where we just accept that August we're all just like trying to recover (laughs) and not doing too much
1: work. I mean I think that's just such a delightful idea so I I do think that we'll we'll probably rediscover these ideas that used to work in the past whether that is Mm. off or lengthy summer holidays or people actually yes like spending the entire summer at, at a family summer house. Um, mm. And I'm also, I'm, I'm, as well as being, you know, a, a real um, advocate for sustainability and and more mindful travel and more rewarding travel. I'm also a total hippie that just like loves anything <laughs> retro. And I just think there are so many wonderful ideas from the past that hold a lot of appeal that we've we've sort of like, you know, left by the wayside because package tourism was just so popular. And we were you know cheap and affordable flights like Ryanair and EasyJet just made it seem so easy um, and consequence free just to jump on a flight anywhere for a couple of nights.
0: Yeah I mean it is mad like how cheap it was or maybe still is in some cases I guess to kind of fly all the way to Spain and like have an all-inclusive holiday and that kind of experience in the UK is is not is not possible without large sums of money. So, um, yeah, I think what you're saying around mindful travel sounds really, really good. And it does remind me of when I was little in the 80s. You know, everyone used to have like little camper vans or end up in a caravan park. And actually, that was also really nice because you got to hang out with uh, with your family by the sea and without it costing an arm and a leg.
1: Yeah. Absolutely and, I, and so I, I'm really excited for everything that we'll we'll rediscover. Um, but I think you probably know that this winter lockdown um, my kind of big project was renovating a static caravan just outside Margates. Um, we've called this project Club Jupiter um, and we, yeah, we bought a kind of old slightly unloved 2010 Willoughby um, static caravan and we've basically really p- pimped it up and made it a sort of Pam Springs kitsch retreat uh, in Birchington Vale Caravan Park, just outside Margate. Um, and part of that was just we wanted—I wanted a creative project with two friends who are both designers. Um, but also, I really felt quite strongly that caravan parks and caravan holidays sort of deserve to be back on the radar of of like young aspirational travellers. Um, It's really, again, a bit like sleeping on a train, sleeping in a caravan. Caravans are just fun. They remind you of childhood. You get to hang out with a family or or in a bigger group of people. Um, And then also um, the the community impact of staying in a kind of dedicated holiday property like a caravan is actually much less than, for example, staying in an Airbnb that has taken a property out of the rental market. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm absolutely not anti Airbnb. I I love Airbnb Um, it's completely transformed travel. And um, there will always be travelers for whom getting an Airbnb property rather than staying in a hotel or campsite makes more sense. Um, But in the case of Margate, we sadly lack a high occupancy hotel. And so we've really seen a flood of visitors and they really, the only option um, is an Airbnb, which is then we've seen a real boom in Airbnb properties and then a kind of subsequent rise in rental prices Mm. and a bit of a housing crisis going on here where like young creatives aren't afford to live here anymore and can't afford to live here anymore which is really sad so I just wanted to kind of highlight that as an issue and suggest to people that actually you could stay in a fabulous caravan instead.
0: Yeah I love that you're making caravans cool again
1: because
0: (laughs) because I've been saying to my husband like you know, I really, I kind of want to buy a caravan. He's like, are you mad? Like, have you seen what caravan parks are like? I'm like, yeah, but you get to go to the same place every year. You get to like, get to know the people you're right by the sea. You don't have to like drive really far away to get there. And like, finally someone is making caravaning cool again.
1: Yeah. Well, I, am so lovely to hear that. I mean, I, I do think they're, they're really ripe for a revival. I'm um, obviously, Campsites have become glamp sites um, Mm -hmm. and hotels have become boutique hotels and little shacks like shepherd's huts that's all become you know rustic chic accommodation so almost everything has kind of had this layer of marketing gloss um, applied to it and been slightly rehabilitated and repackaged for for a millennial market and I I love all those things Um, but caravan holidays have remained really stubbornly cool. and so I, I like I like a challenge and so that that was that was what got me through lockdown with, with my friends Winnie and Emma
0: yeah I love your jungle room it's so cool um yeah so I, I'm gonna have to check it out I think the next time I I, I come to Margate and uh, I look forward to it spreading as well because I'm not a massive fan of camping I've done it once and hated it because <laughs> mainly I really need a loop Nearby, like I don't want to trudge really far away to go to the loo. So the kind of caravan experience feels like quite perfect for me because you do get a little loo in some of those caravans, don't you? <laughs> it's,
1: it's, yeah, I mean, we have two in ours, babe. Whoa. You're, you're love ours. You <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so funny. So thanks for sharing that. Um, wh- where can we find out more
1: about Club Jupiter? That is a good question. Thank you. Um, probably Instagram is probably best we're at Club Jupiter UK um my friends Winnie and Emma who are both uh, both stylists and designers have a, a huge social media following so we've been really lucky to get quite a lot of support people have followed our renovation um project I guess I guess it was just quite a feel-good um story just watching like three friends totally transform a, a kind of beige fiberglass caravan into this um Slightly psychedelic and crazy American theme hotel. Uh, so we've had so much support, and I'm 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 really proud of us. We, we we are all tired, and our our nails are completely ragged from from DIY. But we're 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 really happy and really thrilled to be like welcoming guests now.
0: I think our listeners will have to get in there quick because you're going to be booked out in no time. So just uh, just going back to sort of more UK adventures. Have you got any more planned in the coming months? So that,
1: yeah, this is um this is actually the area that I feel like I've really grown in as a as a as a travel writer and, and as a human, um, which is just really embracing more local adventure. Um I I used to love American, gritty American cities for a while as a travel writer. My specialty was um like unsung, um, slightly undervisited American cities like Detroit. Um I just I love that. Um and it was just I just felt like yeah, I would, I would come back and I would relax at home, but I didn't really explore what was around my local area. And that has obviously had to completely change this last year because my spirit of adventure did not wane. Um, and I was like, gosh, you're really going to have to work hard to keep yourself excited and satisfied um, locally. So I've, I'm um, in my, in my column, I've, I've written about going fossil hunting for prehistoric shark's teeth um, and just the joy of like slightly adult treasure hunts like foraging or geocaching fossil hunting um mud larking so I think that's a really lovely thing to be able to do and I'm keen to do more of more of that so yes I've basically become a, a dorky fossil hunter um I've also really started really, really like embraced cold water swimming um so I I kind of have been doing that for a few years but it's definitely the best kind of medicine for me psychologically it, it keeps me sane just immersing myself in cold water um, and little bike trips as well um solo bike jaunts are just thrilling um so I've had and actually being kind of confined here inspired uh, a podcast idea that I'm actually just starting to record which is called the art of Getting Lost. Um, and again, the idea is that even, even within quite tight parameters, which we, we do still have right now, um, you, can, you can get lost. Like, can you get lost in the city? How so? Here are some shortcuts to getting lost. And that's been a really wonderful thing to explore. And I, I do feel like I was forced to kind of grow up, stop kind of charging across the world to the, the furthest place I could get to for the excitement and just dig around, dig a little bit deeper and find out what was in my backyard and, and what people need to know about here.
0: That's great. I'm I'm all about micro-adventures as you probably know as well. I've been promoting those for the last five years or something because I really think that we miss out on so much if we don't appre- appreciate the kind of the smaller adventures that you can have, like the small wins that you can have in life and I guess in the last couple of years uh, because of COVID and um, I guess... The, like all of the other crises that are going on right now that we we have to take our time to, to try and fix which I won't go into because that will probably take us another half hour to chat about but the micro adventures are, are so important and um, even now more than
1: ever yes they they, they they really are and I you know it's um I mean I, I started to become a little bit uncomfortable that I was having quite amazing adventures. You know, I would be sent gorilla tracking in, in Rwanda, which is such wow. a learn to horse rides in um, South Africa. So learn to horse ride around giraffes and, uh, and zebra, which was, was phenomenal. Um, and I've driven up the ice roads in the Canadian Arctic. Um, I've had such like slept under the stars in Namibia. I've had such fabulous adventures. Wow. Um, but I was starting to think, you know, I was very privileged to be sent on these for free as my job. I couldn't have afforded any of them as just a normal mm. millennial chick with my with my own little flat and a, a kind of modest income as a journalist. And I did start to think, gosh, you know, um, is this really what the world needs to know about? Or, or or should you focus more on accessible, achievable adventures where you don't need a, an enormous paycheck or you don't need to be able to take six months off work um, or you don't need um you don't need to be actually very very fit and able a lot of it was very very ableist as well so i just became a bit more aware that i want want to write more inclusively about adventure you know and yeah because it, it, adventure should be accessible for everyone regardless of your your income um your abilities um and your different like life circumstances and commitments
0: yeah that's brilliant thank you so um just going to start to wrap up now, but I really want to know what your best tips are for places to visit and connect with nature. Um, let's go for the UK for now because you've probably got
1: loads across the world. Yeah, I do. You know, but, but the UK is a good place to start. Um, I mean, I would probably like to start by saying that actually even even in your backyard, so even in a lockdown, um, like the Go Jauntly app was was such a delight to me to discover. You know, you should Aww. really be proud of that, Hannah, because, um, yeah, just... <laughs> Um, really enlivening people's everyday walks. You know, how you can have a boring walk to work or you can have one that is so edifying and, and uplifting and inspiring um, with really, like, yeah, authoritative voices explaining to you, yeah, the history of the place and or the little kind of botanical specimens that you're going to see. Um, I also really loved the, the nature notes um, feature, which, which really forced me to kind of like note down what I loved about my nature, the, the nature surrounding me. And that was particularly important when I was the, um, doing the same walk every morning. For mm. <laughs> a year. Being forced to notice something different was really wonderful and such a bonus. So, so I would like to say by, you know, start by saying that while there's lots of great spots around the UK, you can also really start by just like boning up a little bit on, on what you've got around you and, get, and going a little bit deeper. Um, But my big trip last year, um, obviously when I was flown home from LA, um, was a beautiful, like I took my parents camping in Wales. And so Pembrokeshire was a completely new discovery to me and just so beautiful. Um, it It was amazing how even though I lived by the sea, the sea in Wales was, was just a completely different sea. The water felt different. It, it held me differently. It smelled different, felt different on my skin, did different things to my hair. Um, so I'm now <laughs> a huge fan of Wales. And I now feel a bit ridiculous for having spent so much time in New Zealand without exploring Wales, which is obviously much closer to home. Um, so I definitely recommend um, South Wales. I think that's pretty fabulous. And if you are looking for a wonderful campsite, um, there's one called Forest with a double F f-f-o-r-e-s-t and it's particularly special. I think it's probably the best uh, glamp sites in the UK. Um, also, being Northern Irish, I, I've got to sing my kind of homeland's praises. Um, the Atlantic coast uh, and the beautiful kind of old Victorian resorts, like 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 Port Ballantrae are really really worth a look. Um, you know, and it's it's quite easy to get over there by ferry if you don't want to fly. Um, so I do think like Northern Ireland really deserves to be um, to be rediscovered um and scotland gosh there are so many beautiful spots in scotland uh, and, and what's particularly lovely about scotland is you can base yourself in a great city like dundee or glasgow or edinburgh and you can really you can be out i mean getting to loch lomond from glasgow is is about half an hour so you can really be out in the wilderness um feeling like you're having a a a proper immersive wilderness adventure a short drive or or train rides out of a city so you can kind of combine the best of both worlds
0: oh that sounds brilliant you know Pembrokeshire coast was my lockdown cancellation holiday I was so gutted (laughs) (laughs) we Um, haven't made it back yet but I'm desperate to go because like you said it just sounds amazing
1: I I couldn't have loved it more I mean yeah that that was literally my that's been my only holiday um since last March when I came home from um yeah from, from from America and it just completely satisfied me and then taking your parents on holiday was so cute. I I, yeah. know, I laughed but I was I just I, I was like I want to go here and I started to to chat to the owners who really kindly gave me a discount because I was going to write about it. And then I just thought the people I want to see most in the world right now are my mum and dad who live in Belfast. Yeah. They got the ferry over I got the train there and we met in the middle and that's so cool. I do feel like the pandemic gave us um a kind of free pass to be as soppy and sentimental as we liked. You know, we could be like, I miss my mum oh. holiday. <laughs> and there was no shame attached. I don't think I could have said that a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that 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 was lovely. Oh,
0: that sounds amazing.
1: Thank you. So so what are you up to next then, Anna? So this is exciting. So um, it's genuinely, we got our first guests into Club Jupiter, the caravan, yesterday. Um, So that feels like a huge milestone. It feels like I I now can reclaim my evenings and weekends. Um, And so now I'm launching straight into um, recording The Art of Getting Lost. Um, And so there's various episodes we've got planned, including the joy of sleeping on the ground and under the stars. We're going to speak to an anthropologist about why that feels somehow just primal and like grounding and and earthing so I'm really excited about that um and I'm doing a seaweed foraging day oh um, wow everything that you basically foraging a meal from along the coastline um I'll definitely be doing uh, an episode on cold water swimming which which again is, is is one of my passions and cave dwelling so just the joy of like camping in a cave finding a cave to sleep in and the just the primal pleasure of of doing that And so I'm I'm really excited about this this is all um very much like UK focused very very affordable um possibly like lockdown or at least you know flight restriction friendly and so Mm. I'm, I'm super excited about like yeah really really cracking on with the podcast now that will that will keep me entertained and very much loaded up on micro adventures for the rest of the summer
0: yeah, it sounds like it. And I, I love that you're going to be setting all these new trends like cave dwelling and things like that.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're right. I, I, if there's a weird trend. It's probably my fault. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm going to keep an eye and I can't wait to, to listen. So when's it coming out?
1: Um, so I think at the moment we're looking to like launch the first episodes in mid-August.
0: Oh, perfect. All right. So that'll be great summertime listening. And thank you so much for mentioning all of those amazing tips, tricks, especially around nature connection as well. Because one of the things that I definitely don't spend enough time noticing, I guess maybe because I don't live by the sea, but how the sea can be different. Because you talked about your hair being different in different seas, like the tech which just seems mad when you think about it because it's water but then also like how it holds you the feeling that's definitely something I'm going to tune into next time I get to visit the seaside so thank you for that.
1: Oh no well I, I, I do feel like yeah like the GoJointly app has forced me to, to to notice all of these things and I guess in my mind I think you know it's just about going deeper in, in, yeah. in what we have um, and kind of extracting more satisfaction and pleasure and delight um, for, for, from what we have rather than actually just kind of jumping into the sea, not really noticing it or like briskly walking past um, the wildflowers without actually really paying attention to them. And then this year we've really, we've been forced just to pay much closer attention to what we have on our doorstep. And, and happily we're, we're very, very blessed. Most of us, we're very lucky to have what we do.
0: Yeah, we are. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute joy. I feel so privileged for you to, <laughs> to kind of come on my podcast when you've got this amazing podcast coming. So thank you so much,
1: Anna yeah this has been a delight I always love speaking to other people that love nature love accessible adventure so yeah it's a a real joy to be on this
0: it was so nice to chat with Anna Hart today. It's made me want to dip my toes in the sea again. Hopefully I get a chance to do that over the summer. I'm also super chuffed, she's a Go Jauntly fan. I'm really honored to hear that. And if you want to find out more about Anna or the caravan, you can follow her over on Instagram at anna.hart. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nature Bounce. Don't forget to rate it and subscribe to the whole series.